12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time for our Australia update to check in with ABC News journalist Jason Dacey, who's all the way out in Brisbane. Great to hear from you again, Jason. How are you? Uh, I'm okay, Adrian, but it's been a harrowing few days for everyone here on the east coast of Australia, especially the area of Brisbane and south of Brisbane into northern New South Wales over the border. Yeah, let's talk about the flooding. It's been severe. A lot of people have lost their lives. Uh, State Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has said that, you know, it highlights the unpredictable nature of the event. We're talking about the flooding. What more can you tell me? about how the last few days have been over in Queensland? Well, we had three consecutive days of very heavy rain. It began on Friday. It ended around 9 p.m. on Sunday in the southeast of Queensland. That's the area that covers Brisbane, the Sunshine Coast, the Gold Coast, and then south of the border as well into New South Wales. 20,000 residents have been affected by this extreme flooding event, which is probably the worst since 1974 which is a long, long time ago. We've had eight deaths and at least a couple more people are missing in southeast Queensland. And it's damage that we've seen across 17 council areas in Brisbane. And now we are seeing people in the state of New South Wales, which is directly south of Queensland, go through a terrible time, particularly the area in the northern rivers, uh, the town of Lismore and also Ballina. Grafton. It's near Byron Bay, which many Singaporeans might be familiar with. I think it's even worse there with the floodwaters reaching more than 14 metres. And we saw people basically being rescued in boats, you know, water coming into their bedrooms in the middle of the night and boats are rescuing them. And in some ways, towns like Lismore are much worse prepared than a big city like Brisbane and Mullumbimby, which is another town not far from Byron Bay, also badly hit. So people basically had to get on their roofs to survive this tragedy, this terrible event that we've seen. And now we are getting a warning uh, for areas further south, you know, even the area of Sydney. So there is a warning in place going right down to the south coast of New South Wales, the town of Bega. People might know Bega cheese. So really the whole coast of New South Wales definitely preparing for this major weather event with the low pressure system moving south. And they're calling it a rain bomb, you know, like a bomb above just dumping rain. And in a couple of days, or three days, we saw a massive amount of rain dumped in southeast Queensland. Pretty much we got a year's precipitation in just a couple of days. In fact, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk of Queensland says Brisbane itself received the equivalent of 80% of its annual rainfall in two to three days. And 30 suburbs across the southeast recorded over 1,000 millimetres. That's more than a metre of rainfall in that time. Yeah, it's not ideal. And Jason, you're out in Brisbane. Tell me about what it's been like for you because you're witnessing this firsthand. Yes, we live in a pretty low-lying area, which is close to Norman Creek. It's about five kilometres away from the centre of Brisbane. And uh, we were a bit concerned because we saw the water getting closer and closer from Norman Creek. And there's a cycleway just near where I live. There's a beautiful park. And it was about 50 metres away from the front of the house the water had crept up into the park. We could see it there. I went and got some sandbags, as many people in Queensland and northern New South Wales did. So I had them at my front door. And, you know, schools have been cancelled here in uh, Queensland. So it was a pretty worrying time. I, I was actually working from home on Sunday night, and the rain 
kept coming down. And I'm just thinking, look, if it goes for a few more hours, then I think we're really in big, big trouble here. Luckily, it stopped, as I mentioned, around 9.30 or so on Sunday night. It hasn't rained much since then. But the big concern for people like myself and anyone else who hasn't been affected yet is the release of water from the over-flooded dams across uh, southeast Queensland. And in 2011, when they had another flood emergency, that, that actually caused more flooding after the rains had stopped. So that's something they were kind of keeping an eye on. And also the tides. The tides can influence the level of the water as well. But so far, so good for my family, myself, and um, plenty of other people that I know in this area are okay. But I had a, a school friend, Morley, and his lovely wife, Evie, and they got four kids. And Pretty much their house is underwater in the inner north of Brisbane. So it's been a bad, bad scene for many, many people with more than 20,000 properties affected. Yeah, it certainly has. And let's hope that all clears up very soon so you can get back to, you know, your normal life once again. Jason, last time we spoke, which was just a week ago, we were talking about the borders in Australia opening to tourists and all those reunions. Now, Western Australia is meant to be reopening their border on March 3rd, but it's been hit by another wave of the Omicron wave. What's happening there? Yeah, March 3rd, it's just Thursday. It's so close, isn't it, Adrian? And we have heard that uh, Western Australia, where Perth is, it's a second home for many Southeast Asians, including Singaporeans who may have relatives and property and businesses down there. According to modeling, uh, the Omicron variant will cause 464,000 COVID cases and 129 deaths and reopening the border will make no difference. And, you know, Premier Mark McGowan has talked about, you know, what's going to happen when the borders do reopen with Western Australia being the last Australian state to open its borders. And even now we are seeing lots of uh, cases across Western Australia when it comes to COVID-19. Only 10 deaths in the state of Western Australia, which is an incredible statistic when you compare it to many other states. Uh, But things may change uh, when we see the border reopening. But even if the border doesn't reopen, I think we are going to see the Omicron variant really create havoc across Western Australia, which is Australia's biggest state in terms of its geographical size. Yeah, we are seeing this in quite a few countries, despite this Omicron wave. Countries are still reopening because they know that the economy has to get back to normal. Otherwise, it's bad news for everyone. And hopefully it hits the peak because once it hits the peak, then, you know, it will go down and life can get back to some sort of normal. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from down under. Jason, the last week has been filled with news from Russia, the war on Ukraine, the invasion, Vladimir Putin at the center of all of this. And also this has had a knock-on effect in terms of sanction, but also a Russian problem products at Australian alcohol shops. We already know that a couple of American governors have ordered Russian vodka and distilled spirits to be taken off shelves, mainly vodka, because that's what Russia is known for. What's happening here in terms of the process of removing all these products from the Australian shops? Yeah, I mean, the two biggest major liquor retailers in Australia are Dan Murphy's and BWS, and products made in Russia will be pulled off the shelves at these outlets. I know that uh, these names are quite familiar to people who've traveled across Australia. Parent company Endeavor Group made the decision to remove drinks originating in Russia from across its retail, hotel, and online businesses in response to Moscow's invasion of Ukraine and lobbying from 
members of the rather large Ukrainian community. I've got Ukrainian friends, you know, in Australia. I've met people over the years from Ukraine. And, you know, it's affecting 1,500 stores across the country. And I've been you know, working on the flood coverage for ABC News. I'm also working on the Russia-Ukraine uh, war coverage for ABC News as well. So it's almost like these two stories are going hand in hand. So Russian spirits off the shelves after pressure from the Ukrainian-Australian community in Australia. Jason, tell me a little bit more about how Australia has reacted uh, to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, in particular, Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Yeah, everyone's horrified here and, you know, the aggression of Russia with the invasion of Ukraine. And Prime Minister Scott Morrison has mentioned sanctions against Russia. He's been very strong about this. And as we've spoken about in recent weeks, he's got an election coming up in May. So Australia trying to get behind the rest of the Western world in terms of really, uh, you know, making Russia pay for this uh, and hurting them in the pocket. But is it going to be enough to stop Vladimir Putin's invasion of uh, the sovereign state of uh, Ukraine? Yeah, and let's just hope everything clears up over there because it is just devastating to see what Ukraine is going through. Jason, before I let you go, let's talk about property prices in Sydney. They've dropped. Now, this after a year or so of the pandemic property boom, why has this happened? Yeah, this is a bit of a surprise uh, because as everyone in Singapore might know, the property prices here in Australia have been going up like crazy. Uh, Even after the first year of the pandemic, we've seen up to 30%, 40% rises in major capital cities. But according to CoreLogic, which is a major uh, stats finder for real estate across Australia, Sydney property prices recording a monthly fall of just 0.1% in February. I know it's not much, but it's the first time for a long time. Melbourne prices were flat for the month and just up 0.2% over the past uh, three months. But looking elsewhere, where I am in Brisbane, those property prices going up 1.8% in the month, Adelaide up 1.5%. And regional Australia, particularly away from the coast, given the uh, flood risk, they've gone up 1.6%. So it is interesting to look at uh, the way things are reacting. Uh, You know, Sydney is such an expensive city now with the median property price well over a million dollars. My mother's house, uh, which is a very small house, just a few kilometres away, from the centre of Sydney is probably worth more than $3 million. It was bought back in the 1970s for something like $20,000. So that shows you how things have gone absolutely crazy over the years. We're going to keep an eye on interest rates as well. Um, You know, just talking about Brisbane, it's actually gone up 29.7% over the past year. And that is absolutely crazy. I wonder how you know, the flood emergency will affect a situation here in terms of real estate prices. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But yeah, just a slight drop for property prices, residential property prices across Sydney. Let's see what happens next month. Maybe it's just a a blip and prices will continue to go up. Yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on for in the next few weeks to see what happens with the property prices over in Australia. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, getting all the headlines from down under. He's in Brisbane. Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the show and you stay safe and let the flooding ease out so you can get back to your normal life. Thank you very much, Adrian. I'm going to go back to my daughter here in in Brisbane and make sure she's doing her schoolwork because she's working from home with the schools closed Monday and Tuesday. And we hope that things will get back to normal later this week. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.